Welcome to this episode of the Skip Readings Podcast, the podcast for curious professionals embracing the future of business events. My name is Andrea Doyle, and I am the executive editor of Skip Meetings. In this episode titled Scott Beck Embracing Change, I have the pleasure of speaking with Scott, the incoming president and CEO of the San Francisco Travel Association. We talk about things like the challenges he will have to overcome in this role in San Francisco, a city that has not fully recovered from the pandemic. How the three cities he has been involved with in his career, Salt Lake City, Toronto, and San Francisco, understand the impact meetings and conventions have. We chat about the importance of content at today's meetings and conventions and how he wants to attract groups to San Francisco that feature thought leaders from various fields. We talk about the things the industry can do to decrease trash and decrease its impact on the environment and how his four daughters have helped him look at the world differently. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation and I invite you to check out other episodes of the podcast. You can find them on our website or by subscribing through your favorite podcast service. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. Yeah. So you're incoming president and CEO of the San Francisco Travel Association. And that's you correct. Assume that role at the end of this month. That's correct. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm lucky that my uh, my first week on the job is with uh, the team in D.C. and New York visiting clients and media. So I get to be uh, in, an, in, a, in an environment that's very familiar to me, which is out talking to clients. So my first uh, official day in uh, San Francisco is November 6th. OK, great. And um, when do you wrap up at Toronto? October 27th. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt both uh, an obligation to, you know, wind things up here in a, in a very positive way, but also to get started uh, in San Francisco, you know, as, as quickly and as soon as I could. So. All right. So, you know what, why the change? I, I was surprised because you were with Toronto for four years. We met during yeah. Destinations International. You were yep. influential yep. in getting that to meet in Toronto last year. Um, I think it it was uh, you know I think twofold. Um, first and foremost, um, I have um, always considered myself uh, and and one of the roles I have is uh, that as a father of four daughters to be probably the most important part of, of of who I am and what I do. And it's it's been hard to be away from the family for four and a half years. Um, and I think it was something that, uh, you know, the, the pandemic certainly um, amplified just because of the situation of the, all that was around the pandemic. Um, but the past six months, uh, there's been uh, issues and, and things that have um, really driven, uh, you know, home to me the importance of, of being a father and being engaged in my daughter's lives. And that was a really big part of it. Um, my wife's family's in the East Bay. She has a family in San Ramon. Um, and so when the opportunity came up, it, it wasn't on any level, it wasn't looking to leave Toronto. It was really an opportunity that that was 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 also a, a good career move. Um, 
our our industry and and the one that I I, I happen to love is you know destination sales and marketing and I'm I, I will say that the, the destination of San Francisco has certainly um, been important to me. Uh, it was my first big city ever when I was a young man, nine with my mother. That's where she took me to have my first big city urban experience. Um, and I think the the iconic nature of, of what San Francisco is and what it represents in terms of travel is important. So I felt that was also a really, a, a really unique opportunity and, and one that, you know, some people shook their head and said, you know, aren't you aware of what's going on in San Francisco? And it's like, I'm, I'm keenly aware and I'm going in wise, you know, eyes wide open, but I do believe in this, I think, um, important aspect of what, what our industry does. Um, you know, having social ambition is a very, very important part of, I think, a city that I want to live in. But you have to have economic ambition to deliver on that. And I think that's one of the important things about our industry, especially in a destination like San Francisco, where, where travel is the biggest industry in the community. And that, 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 that's a really big opportunity, I think. So you're from California originally? No, I'm from Utah originally. Okay. But, and, and your daughters are in Utah? Uh, I have two in uh, two in Utah, one in Colorado, and then one that's back east uh, doing her master's program. But well, I have, I think we'll eventually settle out west. Okay, so you you'll be closer to your family by being oh, in yeah. California. Okay. Yeah, yeah, much closer. Okay. Yeah. So um, so it's coming home almost. It is, and again, it's a part of the it's a part of the country that I I feel you know I feel very um, connected to, um, uh, the, the the west the west the western part of the U.S. Um, you know, was, was again where I grew up and where I've had all, you know, most of my professional experience. And, um, but, but, you know, even that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's an important part of it. It is for me. Um, but I, I, I underestimated how important it was to my family to have me close to them. Um, and as I evaluated the opportunity and spoke to them, it was clear that this, this was the right move. So as a destination marketing executive do you feel like you can make an impact on the issues san francisco are facing yeah i i do um and i don't think it's just by you know nature of me as an individual or or you know the organization of san francisco travel as, as a sole organization but I, I firmly believe in the power of the visitor economy and what it what it does and how it impacts and creates a robust vibrant local economy um, especially when it's part of of an economy that that's diverse, um, and I think that it's again through that idea of the economic ambition. Um, and we are we are our industry. You know, we are um, to our our major goals are to to drive business, to drive growth um, in in the economy, um, and do it in ways that are you know sustainable and connected to the ethos of a community and all those wonderful things, those buzzwords we talk about. But I am a firm and confirmed believer in, in the impact of the visitor economy and how it can be so Im impactful to the community's economy and thereby enabling so many other things. Um, again, social ambition is incredibly impactful, but you've got to have economic ambition to make that deliverable. There are some who say that San Francisco's problems are going to get worse before they get better. Did you keep that in mind? when deciding upon accepting this role? I, I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been one that, you know, looks at things through, through many different lenses and with, I think, a lot of variables. Um, I think that, you know, the way I've always looked at opportunity is, is one that um, uh, I think has served me well. Um, but I, I will say a couple of things in this idea that, that it's going to get worse before it gets better. 
Um, I don't think that's uniquely San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, I think the issues of urban environments um, post COVID um, in this, you know, in this new reality of, 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 of how, you know, the economies are, are writing themselves or how the economies are, are, are rebuilding post pandemic. Um, you know, San Francisco's problems are not uniquely San Francisco's, nor is, nor is the San Francisco experience monolithic. You know, I can, I can assure you, Andrew, that, you know, uh, when I was there, there are areas of San Francisco that are a lovely experience to this day. Um, and it is not as monolithic as it is presented. Um, I am, you know, fortunate. My, my, my wife is a, uh, she calls herself a recovering journalist. She spent 10 years as a journalist. And, and, you know, she says, we don't ever cover the planes that land. You know, you cover the planes that didn't land. And that's, that, that's a dynamic that I think is important to recognize. That's not a criticism. That's, that's just a comment. That's not commentary. Um, but I think that, you know, there, there is, there is a problem there, 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 there is, um, a problem in San Francisco, in areas that have been problematic for a long time, and, and some that are that are are newer. Um, I think our urban environments in the U.S. and in North America, um, we need to find better ways to have that you know the social ambition um, that I've sort of alluded to um, address some of these new problems. And so you know fentanyl and 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 uh, the the affordability and access to to uh, housing and, and, and the living environment. Boy, those are not uniquely San Francisco. I can tell you we experience them in almost every big city I, I've traveled to. And, and so, uh, yes, I am aware that the, that the situation could um, get worse, but I'm also acutely aware that the situation is getting a lot better. There are things happening there. There is enormous leadership being shown by, by elected officials, by the citizens of, of, of San Francisco to, to make some really big significant changes. I think there's issues in front of the Supreme Court in, in the state of California right now about um, homeless encampments and things that I think are going to be are going to be very beneficial to those who are struggling to who don't have a place to live, but also beneficial to the communities. Um, what will success look like to you when you take that role and? Well, I don't think it's too different from how I would define success uh, in, in here in Toronto. Um, it's that the, the, the local um, citizens and, and people of the destination feel that the visitor economy is a vibrant, important part. Um, of their overall economy, um, that the organization that I work for, San Francisco, will will be respected and, and recognized that it, it is one that understands the voice of the people who live there, um, that we're, uh, you know, an overused word, that we're authentically representing the destination, that we're not out there creating marketing campaigns and social accounts that don't reflect and relate to the, to the real, um, you know, experience of San Francisco. Um, I mean, I think clearly if you look at the the reputation that San Francisco has had and, and does have, there's there's work that we need to do on on um, meetings and, and events side. Um, there's uh, the, the the impact of the Moscone Center and the impact of the easy way to define that as group business is, is important. And I think we're going to work really hard to make sure that we are presenting ourselves to to the right groups and 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 winning that business back in ways that um, will again, position San Francisco and that role that it's had in a long time as being a leader in the meetings and events industry in, in, in North America. Um, and I hope, you know, more than anything, I hope that the people that live there and, and work there and play there um, feel that we're doing a great job representing their community. Um, the thing I love about our industry is also the one that makes it sometimes the hardest. And we don't own anything and we don't manage anything. So for the most part, we are 100% a reflection of the communities 
and the products and services that are developed there. And I, I look to success um, in, in a way that relates to that. Are the people we're representing um, feeling that we're doing a good job? And that's going to be a real and a real important benchmark for me. And not only is it important for meeting planners to be safe, to make sure their attendees are safe, but they need to feel safe. How will you make sure that happens? I think doing a lot of what they're what what San Francisco is doing right now is is being uh, working harder at getting more uh, of the right types of public policy that allows them to ensure the streets are safe and that there are places for those that 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 don't have the housing and don't have the social services that they need. That's that's an important part of that, and we're going to do that by you know making sure that that our the visitor economy is firing on all cylinders and we're doing what we what 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 our role is as a community um to grow that part of our industry and and it is working very closely and being communicative and talking about you know when and where we do have problems and talking about how we can be better communicators and the, and how those problems are impacting our visitors and and how we can you know ensure that as you said it's not just are safe but feel safe and i think a lot of that is how the streetscape is addressed and that's what i'm very excited about being part of the team that is looking at new and creative ways to address the streetscape um and that was a very important part of the questions i was asking the team in san francisco and i was asking the elected officials that i was lucky enough to meet with you know what are what are we doing to address that streetscape because you know while i don't while I, I think I've shared with you, it's not a monolithic experience. Not every aspect of San Francisco is described by what 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 is is the predominant voice in, in in the media right now. But there but there is that there there are those experiences, and we have to recognize them and find ways as a collective, not just say it's the city's problem or it's the police's problem, but as a collective to find out ways to to make it make it a better experience um, by ensuring that that streetscape can be managed in a way that looks looks makes it a, an experience that people want to experience. Okay. What has been your biggest success in Toronto? Um, I think um, it's a success that uh, I, I think I felt, you know, I think a lot of success is luck, how you position, how you work things, but you got to have some luck to make it happen. Um, I think um, coming out of the pandemic, we have been embraced uh, by the economic development community here as a real important part of the overall vibrancy of the economy of Toronto. Um, and I say lucky in that when we took 25 million visitors out of this community for the year of the pandemic, it was a different place. Uh, it didn't have the same vibrancy. It didn't have the same experience that the people had come to come to know as Toronto. Um, and, you know, we are, Toronto is the most diverse city in the world. Um, and that makes it a pretty special city in terms of what a visitor can expect. It's really easy for the visitor to see themselves here. The visitor, and it doesn't matter where you're from in the world or who you are, you can see yourself here. Um, but when the, when, when there are 25 million fewer people doing that on an annual basis, um, it's easy to see how the impacts just ripple through the economy. And so I think what we have been able to do um, is really show why and how the visitor economy is so important to a city like Toronto. Um, and, you know, we don't have a ski hill or a beach or some of those things that tourism, you know, I think loves and looks towards. Um, this is a city that has an incredible food and beverage community, a city that has one of the most vibrant art and culture communities I've, I've ever been a part of. And I think we were really able to connect the dots of those parts of our industry are so important to the fabric that is the community of Toronto. Our, our industry and our, 
our, our ability to impact the economy, the recognition has skyrocketed. And that just helps do so many of the things that helps us with better site inspections for group business, that helps us lobby for more efforts to get focus on the, the right type of product development. Um, I'm a big believer in that, that we are part of the economic development community in, 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 in the destinations we represent. And that's, I think, been such a success here in, in Toronto. And then I guess you'll do that same thing in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I would I would characterize the the San Francisco community's view of of tourism and travel um, a little bit higher at the scale because it's been such a dominant part of 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 San Francisco for so long. Um, I mean, there are many benchmarks and you know indexes that have the tourism economy, the travel economy, the the biggest industry in San Francisco, bigger than the tech industry, bigger you know bigger than some of you know the finance finance industry. Um, and so it's, I think it's been an important part. I think we've got to do is, um, I think, really reestablish that there is an authentic voice that is San Francisco, and, and we're going to make sure people remember what that is. Great. So let's um, talk a little bit about you. Who are you and how did you get to be you? I mean, you're often labeled a visionary and Mr. Enthusiasm. Is that how you see yourself? <laughs> Well, I, I do take it as a compliment that people think I'm enthusiastic because I genuinely do love what I do, Andrew. I genuinely believe in what we do as an organization. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I grew up in the hospitality industry. My dad was a general manager of a ski resort for 30 years. So I grew up, you know, working as busboy, you know, garbage attendant, you, you, you name it, you know, working in the industry and, and was always, um, so engaged and enthused by the transformational experience of a visitor, whether that was you know, someone I was serving at a table or someone that I was skiing with or a group that we brought into the, to the resort or whoever it was, I, I was just always, that sort of just it excites me as a person. So I, I really love the idea of um, travel and how it affects people and what it does and being a part of it has always been a big honor for me. So yeah, I, I, I can be really positive because I really, really do enjoy this. And I, I think it's um, a, no, a noble profession. Um, and uh, the visionary one's a little bit harder. I think uh, how I would contextualize that comment is um, I've, uh, I've never been afraid of change and I've always looked um, to sort of, you know, do things better. And by doing them better doesn't mean that the way they've been done was bad. That's, that isn't what that means. And so I think change and looking forward has always come natural to me. I think part of that comes from, you know, my parents and the way they view, viewed the world. So I think some of that is sort of in my in my you know nature versus nurture DNA, um, but I, I will say that I, I've always been um, excited about um, talking about new things and new ways to look at things and new information. And um, one of the things I've loved about just the way that the data has changed in our industry, we're able to make so many much so much better decisions um, because of what we what we know. Um, and then you know why I'm so excited about something like you know, predictive and generative AI is that it, it's just another tool to just, you know, keep keep us fresh and then look what we're doing. And so I think the visionary element gets back, I think, a little bit to this idea that um, I, I really like being current and being fresh. And so whether that's in my music that I'm listening to because my 16-year-old daughter shared some new, you know, band with me or whatever it is that I've, I've always been one that doesn't, I don't mind looking forward. Um, and I, and I, I really think uh, I've been able to lean into that in my career. Well, that's great. How do you explain to friends and family what you do? Um, that's that was that was a good. One. I read that question. I was like, wow, that's that's an interesting way to ask that because most time they say, well, what do you do? Um, you sell hotel rooms? <laughs> no, no. I I really tell people that I'm in the sales and marketing profession, um, and what I do is you know promote 
uh, the destination where I'm lucky enough to call home um, to people who don't live here and to try to bring visitors to the community we live in um, to make an impact in our community and, and make uh, make the place where we where we live, a, a, where I work, a better place to live. Um, and so I really relate it to sales and marketing functions. Um, people always knew what I did when I was the general manager of a hotel or when I was a regional director of sales and marketing for a hotel. And I say it's not much different than that. But instead of, you know, a hotel with hallways and doors, my, my hotel has streets and bus stops and and uh, gas stations and grocery stores and retail stores. Um, that it's just the same kind of thing. We're, we're really you know, promoting a destination um, for new people to come and experience it. And what does it take to create a great event in a city that you're leading? Um, well, I think first and foremost, content is what I think what makes any event great. Um, and that event is um, a business event or a sporting event or a musical event. I think it's the content that really distinguishes the event. Um, I've been to some really incredible events and some pretty crappy places, <laughs> some places you wouldn't say are, you know, inspiring from a design perspective or whatever, but the content that was there um, and in large measure, I think what makes a, a great event, the, the content and an event so great is the people that are there. I think one of the reasons why face-to-face -face continues to be, and in my mind will always be relevant, um, is we, uh, we are really, um, I think, at our best when we're sharing face-to-face uh, -face and person-to-person. -person. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that, that the element of content that is delivered by the people in the meeting, I think, is really, really important. And that doesn't mean the, the, the people have to be over 10,000 or, you know, more than 50,000. It can be five people and have a really great event. Um, but I think it's content that drives events. And I think that's what any event that you look at that is successfully growing or overcomes huge obstacles to, to be successful in, in, in the face of anything um, is the content that delivers and how it connects those people that are part of the event. So you've been in Salt Lake City and Toronto and San Francisco. Can you explain to us the similarities and the differences as you see them between those three cities? Yeah, I think um, the the similarities, I think, are maybe harder to recognize, but I will say there's a very, very similar ethos around the impact of business events, the media conventions industry. All three of the cities recognize it. They know that they are far more than just, you know, an economic um, activity, that they are transformational. Um, they all three of these cities look at the meetings and events industry as as being impactful in workforce development in talent attraction in creating bigger and better opportunities for, you know, all, all types of direct direct investment, especially foreign direct investment. I think all three of those cities have been really lucky to have a community that understands meetings and events are more more than just about the money spent in your community. They have a long tail impact in the ethos of the community and that's really, really important. Um, I think a similarity that um, is maybe a little bit more relevant now for San Francisco than it has been historically, um, I think Salt Lake and Toronto have kind of been underdogs. Um, you've got a city in Salt Lake that people have a lot of misperceptions about what it is, its impact, um, and I think Toronto is America's fourth largest city, the most diverse city in the world, you know, second largest this, third largest that. Um, it punches so far above its weight class in terms of its recognition in North America. So a little bit of an underdog theme there. I think right now San Francisco struggles a little bit from that. They're kind of, you know, they've, they've been beat up. They've had some, they've had some, some, a, a tough time uh, of late in, in, in the media and, and, and you know, in, in some some real sort of foundational elements of that city have been rocked. So I think there's a little bit of a, 
you know, we're kind of like not the underdog, but we're, we're, we're coming from a position of maybe not a strength right now. And I think that's been a really common theme in all the cities. So it's almost like another underdog. You're. Yeah, there, there okay. were elements of yeah, there were elements about the questions I was asked, and there were um, answers that that I gave that resonated with people. That oh, you understand what it means to not to not be like the top of the heap talking about where you are. And yeah, I, I understand that. I, I, I again, I found that to be um, a, a real fun opportunity to kind of share with people um, elements of the des of the destination they've either forgotten or didn't know, um, and elements that make people say, "Hmm." I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give that a shot. And does that make success even that much sweeter when it is, you know, like an underdog that you help bring back? I, I think so. I mean, there were, there were times where, you know, uh, not often, but times in Salt Lake where we were competing with San Francisco for a group. And when we won, I can sure tell you that that was a really, really big moment of success. Um, and, you know, there are times when we have, uh, helped work with uh, people who are, you know, maybe taking their first foray into an international destination. So Toronto feels it's it's not, you have to have a passport, but it's still safe enough that, you know, accessible enough to most people um, and, and seeing people come and just be transformed. Um, you talked about uh, when we hosted Destinations International um, back in July of, of, of 2022. And I tell you, there was a lot of people who hadn't been here, who had never been to Toronto. And that idea of when they got here and they were like, wow, um, you know, we heard you say it, but but now we know it. Um, and those are those are real moments of, uh, I think, joy. So would you say that was one of your most successful achievements during your stint with Toronto, getting DI in to showcase all the city has? I, I, it was it was transformation. A lot of ways. It was our first international event post COVID. Um, it was one of the first big citywides we had in the building um, after two years of closure. Um, but I think where it got really uh, beyond what I think people expected is um, it's never bad to hear from your peers and your competitors what a good time they had and how much and again, how unexpected uh, it was. Um, and I think it did a lot for um, it did a lot for our psyche as an organization and for our board and all those people that, that felt it and were around it. Um, when they saw so many people saying, wow, I just didn't know, or wow, this is, I wish my city did X. And, and so I think on a lot of levels, and it wasn't the, the biggest convention we've ever hosted, um, but it was really important um, at a time when we were coming back after COVID. And, we, and for two years, we had battled, you know, getting over the idea that Canada's closed and, you know, all these things that were still sort of uh, it lasts a little, last a little bit longer in, in terms of our, our destination than other destinations. So it was really, it was a really important uh, event for us. Okay. So at the end of October, you leave Canada, you come back to the U S um, recently, the San Francisco travel association um, reported a gain in hotel revenue of 30% when compared to 2022 and also projects hotel occupancy will increase by nearly 5% to 66.8%, which is still off. How do you plan yeah. to bring this number up? Um, well, I think first and foremost, if you look at, you know, the story behind those numbers is, you know, we are not, um, we're not back to pre-pandemic levels of meetings and conventions. We have to get that number up. Moscone Center needs to become the building that it was pre-pandemic in terms of its contribution to the economy. So we're going to focus a lot on 
on the group business and the means to the event side, especially the citywide side. That's that that has always been one of the most important parts of the the the, the impact of of San Francisco travel, um, and that's going to be a big part of what we do. I think working very closely with the economic development community to remind people. Um, of the innovation and the creation that is part of the DNA of that city, and they need to be there for that as well. So continue to grow the appeal of, of San Francisco as a place for um, all types of, 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 of industry. Um, and I think I think that's going to be impactful. Uh, but I will say that first and foremost, we're going to focus on meetings and events and, and restoring the, the Moscone Center and the impact of citywide conventions. Is there any talk about upgrades to the Moscone Center or renovations, or is it just going after marketing more so? Well, I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just marketing. Um, the center is incredible shape. It's a gorgeous building. Um, it, it's, it, it is, it is a really, really an, an incredible building. I think um, what I've always loved about convention centers is that they are not just a building. They live as part of a, a, of a neighborhood, um, and I think where where I, where I know the city is working on is the entire Europe Buena experience. That whole complex, um, they are really working to to, to make that a, a really good place to, to be in in the city. So I think it's more um, it's less about the building itself and more that streetscape and environment around the building. Um, working very closely to you know to really make that a, the experience that our our meeting planners and our attendees want want to be a part of. And what is your vision for San Francisco in five years and 10 years? Wow. Well, well um, I, I want people to say that was like the, the best FIFA experience we've ever had. And that Super Bowl 26 was an absolute you know, success. And um, I think talking about it in terms of, of how impactful and, and good the events are that we are a part of. Um, I, I, I would really hope that people have a renewed appreciation for what, what San Francisco represents in terms of the, the cultural impact on, on who we are uh, today as, as humans. Um, there's been a lot of innovation and a lot of things that have come out of that Bay Area that are very impactful for day-to-day -day lives. Um, and I think that as we look to the future of how we're going to talk about the city, um, I, I, I will look back with a lot of success if people have that, that perspective of San Francisco. That this this really is a city of innovation, a city of 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 doing things differently, and and doing things differently is a risk, and it's, sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's bumpy, um, but you try to you 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 learn from that, and and you get up and move on. Um, so I think that's what I'll look back is that we've got a convention center that again is in, in its rightful position, um, hosting the types of events that 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 make an impact. Again, not just an economic impact, but are making an impact in the future of the world. Um, and that we have a community that really respects uh, the visitor uh, industry and what we bring to the city, um, and that people that are either flying through or have a story about San Francisco will connect to something very positive. Um, and even if it means they haven't been there, they'll still connect the, the, the sort of psyche of the city to something very positive. Is there one event that you have in your mind that you're saying, oh, I'd love to attract that event? <laughs> Um, I, I do think there's some events that would be, I think, um, well, I, I, I think that FIFA is going to be a, a big game changer for the region. There there's, there's, I think that there's so much more to be done around 
um, the, the, the idea of sports and, and how we participate in those. Um, but I also think there's some really important conversations that are, that are a part of. I think there's cities around the world that are hosting great conversations on the climate, um, on you know the future of the economy. And I think San Francisco is the right kind of place for that. And there's some stuff being done by the UN or WHO, whoever it is, there's some really important conversations going on. Um, I was in one in Amsterdam last year about the resilience of cities. Um, I think there's a great one that goes on in Barcelona about smart cities. And I think there's some events like that that aren't just big, large, you know, international sporting events, but events that are about conversations that are, uh, I think, would just click really well with what I know about San Francisco and what compels me about San Francisco. Well, that's great. So I wanted to talk for a few minutes about big picture ideas. Overall, what are the biggest challenges you see facing the events industry? Um, wow. Uh, well, I think the biggest challenge we have right now is not trying to fall back in the old ways of you know, registration, attendance, general session, breakout sessions. You know, I think the biggest problem is just we all want to get back to what life was like before the pandemic. But at the same time, our lives have changed so much. We can't get back to doing life the same way we did pre-pandemic. Um, and I'm not talking from a health perspective. I'm just talking about the enormous uh, traction that technology has had, um, embracing AI, embracing so many things that are now because of the pandemic we just leapfrog years of sort of adaptation and, and reliance on these things. So I think, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest concerns I have is that we, we, as an event industry that we've, we've, we've always been willing to take risks and, and do things differently. I'm, ho I'm hopeful that we'll continue to, to do that at a time when everybody's striving to get back to something. We report numbers compared to this and, and is the tennis back to where it was then. So um, I, I think that there's a lot of people in our industry I'm really inspired by that are, are trying to make sure we, evolve as an industry. So I think it's that we, we need to get, we need to make sure that we are um, uh, using technology uh, and embracing a lot of the things that sometimes appear to be disruptive um, to enhance and, and create a better experience for people who attend meetings um, and making them more accessible. That's the thing that I think I'm the most excited about looking forward is this technology, um, the influx of this technology is making it possible for more people to, to share in the content that is delivered at meetings. Um, and, you know, you can't network very good on Zoom, but you, but you can expand your knowledge of stuff on Zoom. And I think I think those types of things is how we look to create meetings that, that are more accessible to more people because that content is then going to have a more impact, I think, is is important to, to look at what we're doing. If you could magically change one thing in the event industry, what would it be? Get rid of all single-use plastics. No. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's great. I mean, I think if we look at um, on the large scale event side, mm -hmm. um, you know, we we have to, you know, I I I really like leaders like Sheriff uh, at at PCMA um, when he is saying, you know, we we can't. We can't disconnect ourselves from the idea that, you know, there are people that say no one should fly and we shouldn't travel and that's going to, you know, going to create more harm than, 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 than good. Um, and I'm a much more aligned with Sheriff, but there are many other ways that we can mitigate and manage and be stewards of our impact. And I think if we look at um, the just the trash that we generate as an industry, we need to be better at that. And that's everything from signage to giveaways to 
all the stuff that we still feel compelled to do and get your bag with your little stuff stuffed in it. And I think there's a lot of things we can do that would decrease trash and decrease the impact on the environment in ways that the events industry has at its control and at its sole discretion um, because there's not city regulations, there's not federal regulations, there's not regulations of, um, uh, you know, any type of regulation is going to stop us from from making less trash. We can do that. And I think this one that one one way to do that is is really, really diminish the use of single use plastics. I mean, you're in Canada. I'm in the New York area. If it wasn't a wake up call this summer that I'm standing in New York City surrounded by smoke from the Canadian wildfires, <laughs> I don't know what is a wake up call. Yeah, and I think you know it's hard to say you know hard to connect the trash from a citywide commission to this you know wildfires in Canada, um, but but global warming has so many ways that it's impacted. But I I really believe that if if we could as an industry um, be leading the, the the conversation about you know kind of less is more and you know it's it's reduce reuse and recycle um, for a reason. Um, recycle's third because it's the least effective way. <laughs> Reducing or reusing is far more effective than recycling. Um, and I think those types of themes are are within our sole control. We can control that as an events industry. Um, and that's what I would change first and foremost. That's great. What is your advice for meeting professionals looking to advance their careers? Do you have any advice you can offer them? Uh, volunteer. Get engaged in, in the association. Get engaged in your local chapter, whatever it is. Um, I look back at my career and... And I, um, I can say without a doubt, um, and I'm, and I'm 100% committed to this, that um, I would not be in the position I'm in or even have the positions I'm in if, if I wasn't uh, trying to give back and learn from my peers and, and the industry that I'm in. So I would say get involved in, in, again, whatever part of that is. It, it may not even have to do with our industry, but get involved in, you know, a, a local organization that, that, that helps animals or children with disabilities or whatever it is, get out in the communities and get connected and volunteer your time. You'll learn more and have more opportunities from doing it. Who has had the biggest influence on your career? Uh, I met a man by the name of David Kleiman um, at MPI in Nashville in the 90s. I was, uh, uh, I was food and beverage director at a, at a ski resort, and I had been asked because of a change in staffing to attend this trade show called Meeting Professionals International's World Education Congress in Nashville. I had no idea what those letters meant. I had never been. And uh, I went in, and I, I sat down on a bus to go to the opening reception, had my name badge, had no idea what I was doing. And the person I sat next to introduced me to this man named David Kleiman, who was the incoming chair of the MPI's International Board of Directors. Um, and he took an interest in me. And he gave me my first opportunity to volunteer uh, at a at an international uh, MPI uh, committee level, um, and was always uh, such a consummate event professional um, that he knew how to connect people and knew the power of connections. And without a doubt, that I never would have had that had I not been at that meeting. Um, but also, had I not followed the advice to get engaged and, and and participate. So when he offered me the opportunity to join a committee, I did it, and and I have never looked back. Wow. What is your defining moment? Well, for me, it's the birth of my four daughters. Um, I think uh, they have uh, taught me more than I will. Uh, I think I could ever have taught them. Um, and I think my uh, my enthusiasm um, in large measure is watching them 
be the people that they are, but also learning from them um, that they've taught me an enormous opportunity. They've just given me an enormous opportunity to, to look at things different. And uh, um, so I think that, that to me is my most defining moment. Um, personally, I, I take the most pride in that. Um, but I, I will say that as, as I look back at some of the things that I was able to do uh, in, in Salt Lake with um, working with our largest client, uh, the outdoor retailer group through six mergers and acquisitions and, and, and having that relationship, you know, be there for, you know, 18 or 19 years um, was, was, was really a, a important thing for me. Um, and I think here in Toronto, um, we've been able to come together as a, as a community with enormous uh, leadership from um, our, our city and, and the rest of the community and, and agreed on sort of what our story is. Um, we called it the narrative project. Um, and I will say it's some of the most incredible work I've ever seen at Destination do. And, and I feel very honored to have been a part of that here. What attributes and or qualities have you developed that have helped you become successful? Um, I think being enthusiastic, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, I think that's, that's served me very well. And, and one that I think, um, I, I look to with, uh, um, a, a lot of, Pride and how I've you know tried to really stay upbeat in, in in times where it's it's difficult. You know, I, I was a salesperson, so I know how how easy it is to kind of hear no and 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 start to believe that. Um, uh, but I, I also think that I've I'm one that that does like to ask a lot of questions, um, and that's helped me really um, frame a, a way to look at the world around me um, that is important. I think um, asking questions and enthusiastically asking questions. Um, are traits that that I lean on a lot. What would be the one thing people would be surprised to learn about you? Um, how much I hate country music. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people would be um, surprised. People are often surprised um, that uh, I am uh, trying to give the right context for this. Um, I think that they're 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 shocked that I'm not um I'm not connected to little I'm not connected to things. I think that shocks people because I, I do have certain things that are important to me. Um, but I like I don't just have a lot of things. I don't have a lot of stuff. Um and I think that's always shocks people. Um that, you know, is that all is in your office? Yep, that that's pretty much all it's in my office. It's just it's not a lot of stuff. And I think most of the times I'm here, most of the stuff is is transitory. It's something that someone gave me that I'm going to pass on. And, and I think I'm, I'm much more, uh, I'm, I'm much more engaged. And this is why I was kind of like stumbling there. I, I like people a lot more than things. Um, and I think that sometimes, uh, people, um, can, can see what you do and the kids you have and, and how you sort of, um, go about life and, and forget that, that, that you're, I'm much more about an experience than I'm about a thing. How do you define success? Um, I, well, I define personal success by the people that you see on a daily basis that want to be with you and want to see you. Um, I think that's really important. I've, I've, I've always tried to tell people, even, I guess that even in business, um, success to me is when I can text someone who I need to get in contact with and they'll text me back that they have a, they have a mutual respect. They feel that there's a, a connection there. Um, and I think that that's, that's a lot how I would define success. Um, because then what I'm doing is, is 
perceived as being positive or making an impact and someone will 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 you know want to either answer my question or jump on board with the ask and i think that to me if i if i get a call back that feels successful to me well that's great and also you're not afraid to take risks are you no no that's i think um you know uh, i i you know i and I, I think some of this is um again you know comes from your lived experiences and um i've you know, I've taken some risks and had some bad things happen, but most of the really good things in my life have come from taking a risk of doing something different. Great. So we always end our podcast by asking who should we have on the next one? And what is one quest question we should ask them? Wow. Who should you have on the next podcast? Have you had Amy Calvert from the Events Industry Council? A while ago, but that's okay. what you would um, recommend? I, I just think um, as we talk about globalization and, and what that means, um, I think her organization is doing some incredible context, developing an incredible context around the global means industry and, and who we are as, as a global industry, not just the U.S. industry or North American industry, but, you know, really what's happening globally with the industry and how um, I just think that the, the, latest, the last round of uh, research that they've um, just released is i think really impactful and i think more people need to hear it um and i think we we are always best i think um, when we're reminded how much we are part of a larger ecosystem um and i will tell you that work they're doing is really great and i would i would ask her about you know the global impact of, of meetings and events will that be a focus when you get to san francisco to attract global oh, events yeah. okay oh yeah yeah yeah, um, will be a clear part of it. Are there any questions that I didn't ask that you feel would be important to be included in our podcast? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I, um, no, it was a lovely time. It was great. Well, I wish you all the best with your new position in San Francisco. Thank you very much. Thank you.